Have you heard of uh have you have you heard of George Orwell? I love the topics you're picking. These are good. <laughs> oh wait, are you gonna George Okay. I have heard of George Orwell. Yeah, what were you gonna ask just now? No, are we gonna talk about the uh We're gonna talk about George Orwell. Are we gonna talk about the radio broadcast? You might actually teach me something today then. Really? Yeah, there's a chance you might teach me something today because I'm not sure what you're talking about. Interesting. Go ahead. There's a lot of th- this guy's had a had a pretty um Great. vibrant life. If you don't know who George Orwell is, he's a very prolific author um, from the early 20th century. Um, he wrote a, a most known for his two um, I don't know probably dystopian novels, yeah, which were 1984 mm-hmm. and Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. Two, 1984 is one of my favorite novels. Animal Farm is one that I really... 1984 is dope. Yeah, 1984 is really good. Um, I really want to read Animal Farm. I've just never gotten around to it. I actually almost bought it at Barnes & Noble the other day, but instead I, I bought a book called Alternative Facts. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the decision I made with my life. Um, but I think... Uh, my three-year-old nephew has a book called Animal Farm. I don't think it's my <laughs> I don't think it's the same one. <laughs> and if it is, he really shouldn't be reading it. That is a little a little above his reading level. But if he's accomplishing it, good for him, I suppose. Good, good on him, I guess. Um, but George Orwell was a dude who was born in British India, which I'm going to be honest, I didn't know was a thing until this morning. Um, it was a part of India that... Um, I suppose the Indians just owned, or the the Brits just owned. Are you here, Jaron? What are you doing? I just realized that I I messed up. What'd you mess up? I'll have to teach you about this another time. Is it a different guy? It is. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. We yeah okay, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> <sighs> okay, sorry. Just track back like maybe like thirty seconds. Rewind. I realized I messed up. Wrong person. You never said wrong person. You did. That was your I voice. Did. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was your laugh. Okay, you know what? Let's just start over here. Okay. <laughs> hey, dude. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, have you, have you ever heard of George Orwell? I've heard of Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I thought we were talking about for a second. <laughs> Not the same person. <laughs> I've heard of uh, the Olsen twins. <laughs> you haven't lived that you've been called a Pharisee. What oh, fire-breathing wagon, huh? I was super right. I can't imagine what anyone in this building hearing us scream these things thinks right now. Why'd you do that? Things I learned last night. Tilling it, tilling it, tilling it. Gosh dang it. <laughs> okay Uh, we're just gonna leave all this in there and people will be like oh jaron thought he's talking about orson welles
But really, he was talking about the Olsen twins all along. <laughs> okay. Oh, George geez. Orwell. George Orwell. He's the guy who wrote that song. Um, as George Ezra. <laughs> I was trying to. I was gonna be like, you who you who you little fashion voodoo pastor. That's not a good. I can usually do a pretty good one. Here we go. Okay. He has a weird like nasally thing going on. He has this on weird for him. thing where it's just not good. He doesn't open his mouth. I didn't even have the notes. Mouse and booty I wish people could see what you look like right now. I look like like George Ezra. <laughs> no, you look like a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> you look at like the Olsen twins after. <laughs> I just leave it at that. After. Just, you look like the Olsen twins after. Because <laughs> it wasn't one specific thing after. It's just, just after, after all of it. <laughs> no, uh, George, George Orwell is most known for that. For uh, that joke where he's like, Orange, you glad I didn't say banana. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, um. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll do a different. I'll teach you about Orson Welles. That sounds good. We've been needing to do that for a while. Um, but, so George Orwell was born um, June 25th, 1903. He was born Eric Arthur Blair. Uh, he chose to go by George Orwell. That was the third name he picked out for himself. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to go by Orwell now. And then he stuck yeah. with that for the rest of his life. So it's like a TJ Tim kind of thing. Oh, God. <laughs> You're like, Tib is the third name I picked. <laughs> TJ was the first. Then I was Tim for a while. And then I was Tib. Now I'm back to Tim. Why is that my voice? <laughs> God dang it! <laughs> That's pretty good in Tim. I'm pretty good at impressions. <laughs> I look like a crazy person, but I'm pretty good at. I'm not good at. Impressions I'm pretty good at, at Tim impressions. Tim Poster. <laughs> you look like you're thinking about something else. So I'm just waiting for you you're to right. say whatever you're gonna say next. Oh wow! I can't do it. Okay, <clears throat> go ahead. I'm really not going to interrupt you with another joke. Go ahead. So Eric Arthur Blair, who is George Orwell, mm-hmm. in a later life. I could tell that you didn't life. trust me. That you I thought really I was gonna... didn't trust you. <laughs> you were like so... <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. God. Eric Arthur Blair was born um, in uh, British India. That's his first name. Like that's it. I mean not his, his first, first name. name is not, Eric not, no. His last name like, is George Orwell. His middle name is the Olsen twins. But it's, not like we It was hard to write it. Not like what? Not like not like that. No, like no, no, his no. first name was Eric Arthur Blake. Right. His last his, name is that George he had was George His middle Orwell. name was the Olsen twins before. Before. <laughs> And then the Olsen twins became the Olsen twins after, and he's like, ooh, ooh got to change that. separate myself from this. George Orwell. <laughs> but he was born in British India, which was a thing I didn't know existed until this morning. Yeah. Which is just a part of India. That Where is, they drink a lot of tea. Yeah. Yep. They drink tea in India, period. You know that, right? That's not strictly a British thing. 
I'll be honest with you. At first, I heard Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so I was you like, think well, there's a British Indiana? We still have part of Indiana that the Brits are like, we're keeping I that. thought it <laughs> was a town called British. And I was making a joke. I was making a joke that we kept part of Indiana British because it's called British. And you're over here talking about British India. There's a section of India that is British people. Yes. Okay, that was the joke I was making about Indiana. You weren't Indiana. making a joke. You thought there was a part of Indiana that we let the Brits keep. A hundred percent. They get a part of every state. <laughs> yeah, they got a little corner, and we're mm-hmm. like, you can keep this. Yeah, and then the queen comes over there, and they're like, you're a hundred. And she's like, what? Because <laughs> she can't hear. She's yeah. <laughs> she's like, pass the tea. Did you see the video? Of, this is phenomenal because they did an interview with yeah. the queen about uh, the coronation and like about okay. her jewels and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this guy, <laughs> this guy's wearing gloves, lays the crown, like the crown, in front of her on this table. Mm-hmm. And like she's talking to the interview guy about it. This guy wears gloves and positions it just right. And the queen just reaches forward barehanded and just starts messing with the crown, like pulling <laughs> it close, picking it up, looking and stuff. And like this guy like had such reverence for it, laid it out white gloves kind of thing. And yeah, she's yeah. just like, well, this is my crown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm t- that's the type of person I'd be if I was a queen. Like a child with care. this toy. And she's just like, yeah, this is my this crown. Is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know, if you turn it this way, this is the front. You can tell because it's got a faded sapphire. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just in case you need to know which side of the crown is the front, Tim. It's the it's the faded one. Okay. Didn't know That's that. That's something I learned last night. Did you really learn that last night? I learned it yesterday afternoon. So yeah, sure. It Fair. was dusk. It was dusk. <laughs> Fair. Um, but uh, George Orwell, or we'll call him Eric Blair for this moment in the podcast until he becomes George Orwell. Eric Blair. This is a lot like uh, Saul to Paul, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It was a very, he had a moment on, hold on. Where the Lord anointed him with blindness. Yeah, he had a moment on the road to Wagon Pier, which is one of his books. <laughs> it's one of his lesser known books, but he had a moment. I just wish people could see how proud your face was when you looked up from your laptop. And you said he had a moment on the road to whatever the heck you wagon just said. Pier. Wagon Pier. Wagon Pier. Not wagon. Mm. There's no wagons anywhere but the U.S. during the road to the, the Oregon Trail. <laughs> the, the road to the Oregon Trail. There was no other wagons in the world. Zero. Zero. Zero wagons. They were all in the U.S. going to Oregon. Mm. Mm. I know for a fact because I destroyed a lot of wagons playing that game in grade school. So all the wagons in the world had to be. In on that the Oregon game. Trail. <laughs> yeah. Wagons aren't even real. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, I people don't... in their mystical wagons, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you believe in fairies and wagons? <laughs> <laughs> this guy over here believes in wagons. Can you believe that? <laughs> Fire breathing wagons, huh? <laughs> Fire breathing They spread their rings, right? They spread their rings and fly. It's all the severe speech impediment. <laughs> Ooh, is that a, is that a, is that a just is that a just? I apparently have it. Is that a speech impediment? 
of not even speech, a disability of like you, <laughs> your brain just says different words in place of something else. <laughs> I don't know. Like, hey, you're jumping my far and go? <laughs> you mean car? That's what I said. That's what I said. I said far. I said far. <laughs> they say words that rhyme with hey, the thing. Hey, did you want to go to the mall today? Ah, that's really car away. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, uh, do you want to go hang out this afternoon? I don't know if I have time. Well, you got a word right. Yeah, T-H-I-T-H-I-T-H-Y. Gosh. T-H-I-M-E. You can't spell either. Well, it's about time, you know. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> it's about time this all comes to light. <laughs> it's about time this all comes to fright, you know. <clears throat> Speaking of fright, hold on though, because <laughs> listen, <laughs> we're not even. We're, not, we're literally. How long have we been recording? We've been talking for forty-nine minutes right now. <laughs> All we know is when George Orwell was born. All we know is that the Olsen twins really messed up. Uh, OJ did it. And and George Orwell is not Orson Welles. Well, he could be. We don't know his other names yet. Uh, Apparently. Anyway. Gosh, okay. Speaking of fright. Last night, I was driving for Uber, because I like to do that sometimes. Uh, And uh, It's a ministry. uh, It's a ministry. I play Casting Crowns on the radio. When they get in, I offer them a Jesus fish for their car. And I go, did you guys see the Jesus fish on my car? Uh, you can have one, too. And they're like, oh, that sounds great. And I'm like, do you guys see the joy in my life? You can have that, too. You know, because the Lord. Anyway, uh, so this guy, I picked this guy up from the bar. Uh, he's very intoxicated, falling over. His friends are, like, holding him up kind of thing. Um, and his friend leans down the window and goes, hey, man, thanks for doing this. Uh, he goes, we, we got an Uber for him. Like, he's he's pretty intoxicated. He, he didn't have to go far. He's just going down to Westport. And I'm on 31st Street. So it's, like, literally nine blocks. It is a five-minute trip. All right? So he gets in. I'm like, I can do this. First thing this man says to me, extremely intoxicated, lays down in the back seat. First thing he says is, these idiots got me a ride. I want to leave. He goes, I would murder all of them if I could. And I was like, we're off to a really great start. So <laughs> You so, seem like a fine gentleman. You, <laughs> five stars. Okay. So uh, so I'm driving him. Uh, and the whole time he's talking about how he wishes he could murder all the people at that party. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, you know, I put my knife in their neck kind of stuff. I was like, this is uncomfortable. And so I'm driving. And I like, so the uh, thing about me is I nervous laugh. Um, I laugh in general. Uh, but like I nervous laugh pretty bad because um, I don't like if I don't understand what you say I will literally go <laughs> yeah and, and, like I'll I'll laugh you could be like you can mumble and be like my grandma died and if I didn't hear you I'd be like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you'd be like what <laughs> I'd be like what <laughs> last time I told Jared about something serious <laughs> yeah anyway so. <laughs> So we're driving. He's like he's mumbling stuff about he wants to murder his friends and all this stuff. And uh, every tri- every road that we pass, he like just goes like freaking idiot, freaking idiot. Like uh, he's saying choice words, but I'm I'm making it you know PG for our Christian audience. <laughs> so uh, the whole trip, like he's just he's telling me stories about his coworkers and how he wishes he could murder them, and also like be like this freaking idiot every time we pass a street. So finally, he screams at me. Like, in the backseat of my car, he yells, you're going the wrong way to my house. And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm sorry, are we going, like, because he lives right behind the Sonic in Westport. So they put Sonic as the address. 
And I said, are we going to Sonic and Westport? And he said, yeah. And I said, all right, well, we just got to turn right up here. He goes, turn left now. Turn left now. And I'm, I'm all about that five-star rating. So I was Wait, like, hold on a second. Let me ask you a question. Yes. What did he say? Turn left now. What are you driving, Alex Jones? <laughs> <laughs> Him and his fourth wife were in the back seat. So no, uh, turn. You know, turn. Okay. Anyway, I'm not gonna do that this episode. Um, so anyway, so uh, uh, he reaches forward to grab the steering wheel to turn left, and I was like, oh, fine. I was like, okay, we'll turn left. So we turn, and then he says this sentence. I haven't figured this out yet. He goes, "It's a meme, dude." He goes, "You gotta figure out how the internet works." I was like, "It's a what?" So he's like gone. And so we yeah. get to a one way street. I have to turn right. Okay. And he goes, turn left. Like, and I was like, buddy, it's a one way street. I was like, your house is literally the other way. I was like, I have to turn right here. He leans forward, tries to grab the steering wheel again. He's like, turn left, turn left. And I was like, we have to turn right. Then, in a moment of, it looks like he just sobered up real quick, looks me dead in the eye in the rear view mirror. Like, he looks up in the rear view, looks me in the eye, and he said, turn left. I'm going to murder you and put a knife in your neck. And I was like, well, this ride's over. So I get out of my car, and I said, all right, dude, you got to get out. I was like, this is your stop. And so he's like, whatever. He, like, gets out of the car. He's, like, stumbling around, literally falls down on the sidewalk, falls asleep. I call the police, and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I'm an Uber driver. This guy was threatening me. I just want to make sure he gets home. Um, so police show up. The fire, the fireman gets out because it's a fire truck and ambulance, and the police are there. Yeah. Um, so the EMS goes up to him and they're like, "Buddy, you can't sleep here, man." He's like, "Well, you can't sleep here." <laughs> like they like help him up. He's like, "Don't touch me!" Right? They help him up, and they're like, "They're like, this is the best part because EMS yeah. is over it. Like they deal with this crap every night, mm-hmm. right?" And he's like, "He's like, what do you mean I can't sleep here? I'm in my house." And like the EMS guy goes. Really? 39th and Central. This is where you live? Great. Look around, dude. I love what you did with the decor. That stop sign's amazing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like watching this happen. I'm like, okay, this guy is over it. Right? And so uh, he's like, I'm fine. He's like, if you're fine, walk to the ambulance right now. He's like, is the ambulance my Uber now? <laughs> like, it was just too much. So the police walk up to me. I'm thinking I got to get my name. You know, I got to like, because I mean, like, I don't know what they. Police walks up to me, like, this happens every day, looks at me, mm-hmm. and he just goes, hey, man, I'm really sorry about that. Uh, drive safe. And walks off, like, <laughs> literally nothing else. Here's the kicker, okay, because I'm at that intersection. The police pulled in behind me. The fire truck pulled up from the right. They went. They came in the wrong way on that one-way street. <laughs> All right, so now I have to turn left. <laughs> and maybe that's what he was saying all along. It's got might like know the future i honestly this guy is a real orwellian kind of nightmare Uh, (laughs) no here's the thing though for the past year i've had that bit in my show where i go what you told the joke about the guy trying to murder you last night yeah and people are like this is a made-up story and then it came to life (laughs) no no for the last year claim it for (laughs) uh for the last year i've literally uh (laughs) <laughs> for the last year, I've literally on stage been like, hey, uh, who here has ever taken an Uber? And people are like, oh, you know, whatever. And I'm like, who here has ever stabbed your Uber driver in the neck? <laughs> literally f- word for word. <laughs> and then I go, yeah, my mom, like I told her I was driving for Uber. And my mom's like, well, honey, aren't you worried? I said, about what? She goes, getting stabbed in the neck by crazy passengers. <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, I, I wasn't um, until I you said that. that. Yeah, I've said that bit yeah, verbatim, that. word for word, for the last year. 
Like, I've made a joke about my mom being worried that I'm going to get stabbed because I'm like, that's so yeah. crazy. That would never happen. And then last night, this dude, like, the, the image of him looking at me in the eye in the rear view uh, haunts me. <laughs> so, dude, what, what did your mom say when you called her? I called her, well, because it was like 11.55, and she's obviously been in bed for four hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, they go to bed early. And... Uh, She's going to hate that I said that. Uh, (laughs) But I I opened with, uh, I'm safe. Uh, I'm waiting on the police to get here. (laughs) And she was like, you're going to tell immediately. She was like, okay, all right, what happened? (laughs) I I told her uh, the whole thing. And she was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, And I can hear her talking to my dad. Jared had to call the police. All right, he's fine. (laughs) It was all good. Yeah. Fortunately, Orwell wrote a book about the future. And we won't have to worry about any of this stuff. Fortunately, that guy's actually Orwell. <laughs> well, he doesn't go by Orwell anymore. <laughs> now he goes by crazy drunk guy that lives on 39th. <laughs> crazy Chris. <laughs> I'm crazy Chris. I live on West 39th Terrace and Central Avenue. I'm it's not a one way. <laughs> don't tell you it's a one way, but don't listen to Turn me. Turn left. I go the other way all the time. <laughs> Nothing's happened to me. No. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm gonna stab you to <laughs> Alright, Chris, it's time for you to go home. I can't imagine what anyone in this building hearing us scream these things thinks right now. Because <laughs> I realize as soon as I screamed, I'm gonna stab you in the neck. <laughs> we share a building <laughs> with several other offices. <laughs> And there is someone in a in an attitude of peace and tranquility painting in an office next to us or something. And they just heard <laughs> and like that. To them, they were like, I'm never leaving this office again. <laughs> They're calling their moms right now and saying, I'm safe. I called the police. <laughs> Well, honey, aren't you worried about working in the West Bottoms? Aren't you afraid that you're going to get stabbed in the neck by a crazy a office sharer? By crazy Chris? No, 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 no. We're in the West Bottoms. Crazy Chris is on 39th and Central. That's way too far. <laughs> There's no way. He can't get down here. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable with that, <laughs> with all that. So George Orwell was born into a family that was should have been very rich. We have the studio for 15 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> should we even talk about George Orwell? Should we just should we just post the extras this week? I think we got plenty of time. We'll go over. Okay. It's okay. There's nobody scheduled after us. Not till like seven. Yeah, we're good. We can take till seven. This episode's gonna be real long. <laughs> um. So yeah, George George Orwell was born into a family that should have been very rich. Mm-hmm. His great grandfather was a country gentleman. Um. Which, if you were a, um, in a youth group in <laughs> two thousand ten, then okay. you probably remember the song "Country Gentleman" by Family Force Five. Um, that is is who who Eric Blair's grandfather was one of the one of one the, of the members of Family Force, Force Five. <laughs> <laughs> Family Force Five has a vibrant history. They've been around since 1904. <laughs> but um, and yeah, his grandfather married in to royalty. He married the daughter of the Earl of Westmoreland, 
which I don't know if that's important, but it sounds like it. Um, and But for some reason, their rich and fame did not travel through the generations well. And so... By the time it got to old Eric. Yeah, so Eric described his family as lower upper middle class, which sounds like somebody who is Just, rich and doesn't want people to be like, man, I hate you because you're so like rich. It sounds like someone who's rich and humble. He's <laughs> like, we're lower upper middle class. <laughs> We're lower up or middle lower up. The more adjectives you have about your income class, um, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, because right, you, if you're poor, you're just poor. Yeah, all right, like say, someone I'm asks me well. what tax bracket I'm in, I'm like, I'm poor. <laughs> right. But if they ask me what tax bracket I'm in, I'm like, well, I'm you know I'm lower upper middle class. They're like, okay, this guy eats Chipotle and gets guac every time. <laughs> <laughs> gets, gets guac every time. I think that'll be on tax forms in in a couple years. When you go to Chipotle, how often do you get guac? And if you check every time, like that, that just des- that decides your tax bracket. What did you just pull off of you? <laughs> what is that? Mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's part of my shoe. <laughs> Let me see it. Uh, I'm wearing bowling shoes right now. Which bowling uh, shoes are those? Are those the ones you got from Colorado or the ones that... Oh, gosh, you really... I really messed this up. Why'd you do that? (laughs) I was trying to... It was dangling off there. I didn't know how to get it out of here. (laughs) That's real messed up Man, dude. Dadgummit. We should go bowling tonight. You can replace those. Is that a real offer? Because I will go bowling tonight. (laughs) I will go bowling tonight, too. Oh, yes. Yes. I love that we've made bowling plans in the middle of a podcast. (laughs) People listening to this are like... Get to the freaking Orwell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so anyway, so gosh, his grandfather had a lot of money. It was lower upper middle class. They fell into an Orwell. <laughs> That's where he met this little girl who didn't know how to comb her hair out of her face. Um, and yeah, and she was like, a demon. And yeah, she, he made a movie called The Wing. <laughs> <laughs> It was really Orwellian because movies hadn't happened yet. <laughs> I mean, he wrote that. Okay, anyway, movies had happened. Okay, like, that's just. It was like 1904. When did movies start? I don't know when movies started. I think they probably started like 1890s, maybe. I don't know. Okay. When did movies start? That's my guess is 1890s, and those are your silent, boring films. Uh, look up whatever it's one movie because I remember there, there's a story of the first one of the first things they showed in movie theater was a train coming toward the screen and people people ran out because they thought the train was actually coming to the screen. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. Why am I not on the Wi-Fi? And now we look at that and we're like, oh, stupid people. <laughs> but also, when I walked into McDonald's and they had one of those touch screens, it's like <laughs> you can order here. I ran out. You ran out. Yeah. Well, whenever I watched. Um, Spy Kids 3D. I ran <laughs> oh, out of the theater on multiple occasions. Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> no, but listen Should to I this. Super glue these shoes. Their earliest films were in black and white, under a minute long, um, record without sound during the 1890s. I was super right. Wow. Yeah, you're also super arrogant. It's. <laughs> I've never said I wasn't arrogant. Yeah. If you were lower upper middle class, you'd be like, I'm rich. <laughs> you wouldn't even try to hide it. Yeah, I would uh. just say upper class. I would just say I'm above you, peasant. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I sure actually said points. that the other day. Whenever I had that meeting, um, up on that like 22nd floor corner office with the like went the view of the whole city that I sent you a picture of. Mm-hmm. I was looking out the window with one of my 
um, <laughs> colleagues, if you will. Right. <laughs> and You're I, an I literally, You're I literally said, I'm not an intern. I literally said, I literally said, I was, I was like, look at all those peasants. <laughs> But anyways, so George, George and his mom and his, his siblings, they moved back to to Europe, and his dad stayed because they didn't have a great relationship. Um, so he never had a great relationship with his father. Um, and then uh, after, the, but they still had like their their ties to India. He didn't see his father until upper elementary school, um, and then his father kind of started being a part of his life again. None of that stuff is super interesting until um, he went to college on a scholarship but didn't have good grades in college and so then he couldn't get the scholarship back so then eventually um his parents couldn't afford to send him to college anymore so he decides to be a cop in india um uh <coughs> india or british india uh indiana <laughs> you, you american indiana united <laughs> states of america indiana okay. so he becomes a cop there and while he was there, he started to realize, like, he started to feel kind of bad about, like, enforcing all these laws. Because he's like, he's like, I don't know if I agree with all this stuff. And so he was enforcing yeah, a lot like of laws. Yeah, like, he had to behead, like, a man for stealing a stick of gum one time. Yeah, and he was like, this is kind of hardcore. He's like, I don't know if I agree with this. Yeah. It was British India, so they had relatively... Yeah. I mean, laws. but murderers get off free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You still stick a gum though. <laughs> you still stick a gum. You're a bad gum. I was gonna try to come up with some weird like bad. That's okay. One hour, eight hour. Okay, <laughs> sounds stupid. Thanks, man. <laughs> what are you writing? It said one hour and eight minutes. Leave that in, so stem. So stem. <laughs> so stim. Well, can mm, cut that out? now we're gonna cut that out. <laughs> have a sinus inflection <laughs> speaking of that uh let's take a moment and hear from our <laughs> speaking of that, let's take a moment and hear from our sponsor this week are you or a loved one suffering from the common cold or any other ailment similar to the common cold including but not limited to upper respiratory infection lower respiratory infection middle respiratory infection influenza a influenza b swine flu bird flu stomach flu regular flu irregular flu chimney flu rare flu common flu viral infections etc then you need Timstone's Get Well Quick Trick. With Timstone's Get Well Quick Trick, you're guaranteed to get well quick. Open parentheses. The phrase get well quick is subjective. Close parentheses. When you wake up in the morning feeling ill, just run to your local supermarket and tell the clerk you need Timstone's Get Well Quick Trick. They'll know exactly what to do. Walk out of the store and drink an entire gallon of orange juice before you lay your head down for bed that night. You'll wake up the next morning ready for anything. Timstone's Get Well Quick Trick is available wherever orange juice is sold. All right, and we're back. Thanks for listening to... Tillin Podcast brought to you by Tim Stone's Get Well Quick Trick. Excellent product. Excellent product. I use it um, probably a few times a year. I'm using it today. Yeah. You got orange juice in the studio. Yeah. Simply OJ in your hand. Call me OJ Sims hand. Mm, That was like I set it on the T and you just. Yep. That was wonderful. Have you seen that video of that kid and his dad practicing T-ball? And his dad's like, okay, eye on the ball. And then the kid, he's like four years old, opens his eyes really wide and literally sticks his eyeball <laughs> on the ball. <laughs> was it one of those black and white films we were talking about from the yeah. 1890s? Yep, it was 1890. <laughs> it was the whole film. It freaked people out. They thought it was real. They ran out of the theater. <laughs> they were like, this kid. They're like, he's going to hurt his eyeball. He's huge. we got to find him. <laughs> that, kid, that kid's giant. <laughs> 
Uh, real quick though, uh, later this week, uh, if you're listening to this episode, in a few days we're gonna post all the, the whole advertisement because Tim did not get that right the first time. It took like a half an hour. Honestly, I had to edit it so it sounded that good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, I'm gonna edit and put like a ton of reverb on your voice. And it's not even gonna sound like you. It's not even. Gonna, I'll probably just redo just it myself. Recorded. <laughs> hire like somebody else like their voice yeah we'll have like a professional voiceover person being like tim stones get well quick trip (laughs) quick trip uh the whole all the outtakes will be posted in a few days so be on the lookout for that if you're if you're listening to this episode it's probably gonna be out or it is out now probably maybe not probably probably yeah but anyway so orwell um he he moves uh to Burma and joins the Indian Imperial Police, which I want to take a second to note where he moved to Burma because there's a place in Burma. Here, this is a fun game we haven't played in a while. <laughs> Pronounce this word. Oh, gosh. <laughs> How's it spelled? Y-A-N-G-O-N. Uh, I ain't going that was a good, good guess. You want to try again? I and yon. That was a better guess. You want to try again? I and yo. Ooh, you're getting. Anyo. Anyon. Is it onion? Have you have you watched the rest? Of yeah, the I was gonna say no, no. That's hello. I was like, I know that word. Anyon. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, that sounds like a word. Yeah, anyon. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, this is it. I and yo. You're getting really close. It's actually Rangoon. <laughs> <laughs> But I love it because there's a place called Rangoon. I hate when you do this to me. Oh my gosh! I hate that you're like, yeah, it's getting close. <laughs> I, I love hate that literally every so time. So much, you I go fall for it. it. I fall for it every time. I'm like, oh, okay, that's the right direction. Okay, here we go. Uh, gosh, dang it! I'm gonna stab you in the neck. <laughs> So Rangoon. Rangoon. And, dude, it looks freaking dope. I don't even want to see it. I, I bet you they have really good that crab rangoons. really okay. <laughs> we have to go. That does look really cool. We have Can to go. Can you imagine eating crab rangoons there? <laughs> Can you imagine? They're like, we could literally put the location as Rangoon they're like, do you, on Instagram. Do you mean uh, crab ayanyan? Because <laughs> that's what we serve here. That's what we say. It's spelled R-A-N-G-O-O-N, but it's ayanyan. <laughs> it's onion. <laughs> Onion. So yeah, so um, Eric, Eric, we're still calling him Eric. I think I called him Orwell a couple times. Mm-hmm. Eric Blair. Um, he was a cop for a while. He's really... still Eric Blair right now. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's still David Blaine right now. Um... <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Sorry. The greatest trick ever pool. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, he's still Eric Blair. Um, he was a cop. Which interesting thing to note, real quick. I got a picture of him from this this point in his life. Let me zoom in on it. I think that this was just the style here. Um, he definitely has a Hitler stash. I do see that. So I wonder if that was actually in vogue at the time. I'm not sure if in vogue is what I think What it year means. is it? Um, at this point, let me double check. Hold on. I'm zoomed in really close so I can show you that picture. 1922. Hmm. So a little bit before the whole Hitler thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
But while he's while he's in while he's serving as a cop, he mm-hmm. changes his appearance. He gets that he gets that mustache, um, and he keeps the mustache for quite a while, probably until the whole Hitler thing. Yeah, then he's like, oh, yeah, you're <laughs> he's like, like shouldn't have that. Um, and he got a tattoo. He got a couple tattoos. Which of a mustache? This, of a mustache. And he's like, man, I regret this. <sighs> I shouldn't have done this to my face. I shouldn't have done that. No, he got he got a couple tattoos on his knuckles that were little ra- little blue circles. Um, what? Yeah, because apparently, like the villagers in the area where he was stationed, believed that little blue circles tattooed on your knuckles. <laughs> I can't. I can't make this up. Per- little blue circles on your knuckles protected you from bullets and snake bites. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, I, that's why I have. The, that's why I have my blue knuck tats. <laughs> little blue circles on your knuckles. Bullets and snake bites can't get you if you have those. Yeah, blue knucks. Which, mm, uh, yeah, you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I just what? now drew a connection. That's. Honestly, a little crazy, and I haven't thought about it. Until to something just now. later in the in this in this in, in, material in the Orwellian story. Okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. So blue knuckles, blue tattoos on your knuckles. So wait, wait, Rock, is it just circles around the knuckles? No, yeah, he's got he's got a couple blue circles on his knuckles. Bullets and snake bites. Bullets and snake bites. Protect Very specific. Bullets and snake bites. Yeah, isn't that weird? Anything else? Does it protect you from uh, chimney flu? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Still vulnerable. <laughs> Still vulnerable. And Tim Sounds Get Well Quick Trip wasn't around yet, so bummer if you got the chimney flu. <laughs> quick Trip was around. Quick Trip. I don't think Quick Trip was around either. Um, but anyways, so um, so he, he decided he didn't really like being a cop, moves back to England, um, settled in, in in his family home, lives with his parents in England after being a cop in India for a little while, in Indiana for a little while. <laughs> Burma. That's, so he lives there, and he starts, <laughs> and he starts doing what most people would consider something that a crazy person does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, he went what he called he went native, oh, which meant yep, <clears throat> which meant he dressed he started dressing as a tramp. Which I want to note real quick. Um, I don't think our culture understands what a tramp is. Um, because I thought it was a dog um, that was that slurped spaghetti weird. Um, yeah, and his girlfriend lady. Yeah, but uh, it's not. That's, that's no, not. No, 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 no. Because that is the tramp. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm thinking a super tramp, the band from the '80s. <laughs> they were dogs that slurped <laughs> uh, spaghetti weird. No, but a tramp. That's super chick. Oh, you're right. <laughs> the Christian band. Let me. Here's toward with stellar card. Here's a moment where I need to confess something. Oh gosh. I need to make a confession. Okay. In high school, oh, no. I spent nearly every weekend at a heavy metal or hardcore show. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was one of those hardcore dancers that would flail my arms all over the place. I was always in the pit. Pentecostals, um, were you saying? Yeah, I was a Pentecostal. <laughs> I'd crowd surf. I'd jump on people's backs and try to get the mic from the from the stage. Like, I I was I was in it, right? Mm-hmm. My first ever show was Super Chick, and I am deeply embarrassed by that. First ever like hardcore show? No, first just, ever show. Period. Say, not hardcore not, show. Say, that's not hardcore. I don't think you understand. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Dude, I was really into hardcore music. I just really loved like <laughs> FM Static and. Uh, <laughs> You know, like thousand foot crutch, skillet. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
It was really bad. I, it was the show. Was I would go to those shows and I was like, I'm awake. I'm alive. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> I would throw up my rock fist. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, there's people who don't get those references. And there was a sad sh- for them. Th- there was a show that was. The show was 77. Yeah. Which I love 77. That was before their first album came out. Even like they had, they had a demo, of I think their first three songs. Like they had MySpace. Nostalgia Topia and one other song on there. I can't remember which one. But um that's what they were selling at the thing. Like they had barely done anything. Which makes me which on a side sidebar, it makes me really mad that they had literally done nothing and they it were had, touring with Super Chick, which yeah. was like a stadium tour. Like yep. that made me mad. But it makes me mad now. Now that I've seen like now that I've gone to so many hardcore shows where I've seen bands like play the bar circuit for like a decade before they get a show that matters. But most of that's probably their genre. Yeah, I mean, because like, um, other shows don't matter to him. You're right. Yeah, hey, if you're <laughs> listening to this and you're in one of those bar bands, your shows don't matter to Tim. Think about that for a second. That is not what I'm saying before Tim, they play a major show. you went with me show. to a few shows where we performed for six kids and got paid in burritos. Most shows didn't matter. Those you're shows right. didn't matter. Yeah, hey, if you're in Pueblo, Colorado, we've forgotten you. <laughs> we, don't, we don't remember you at all. Your show didn't matter to us. Brandon Montoya, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you sure didn't matter to Tim. Adolfo's Burritos, if you're listening to this right now, you don't matter because you're not a stadium tour. Maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll go on a, on a stadium tour that matters. We had to do something first. Had to, had to do a few videos before any of my shows mattered. How insulting of you, Tim. What do you do? You show up and you're like a fake youth pastor? You're not even the real youth pastor. (laughs) Think you're better than us because you're upper middle class. (laughs) Upper lower middle middle class. (laughs) God, I'm crying. Um. So anyway, so so, uh, Eric starts dressing as a tramp, um, which is... Not what I thought it was. It tramp just means apparently originally tramp was what you called someone who was homeless. Yeah, not that's why Lady and the Tramp, the dog, is homeless. Yeah, I always thought tramp was like meant like sexually promiscuous woman, which confused me from that movie. Um, because because uh, the dog uh. was not a woman. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, is this gray dog called Lady, and the other one is the? Yeah, I was very confused by it. But anyways, I mean, they did kiss on their first dates, whatever. Yeah, that is accurate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're a Christian and you're going on dates, you shouldn't even make eye contact until date three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's eye just contact. sound dating advice. Yeah, that is right. That's Song of Solomon right there. That does sound like dating advice. <laughs> no, it's more of courting advice, but yeah. Courting, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but anyway, so you see, he went on these journeys just like a champ. Or tramp, uh, just like a tramp, not a <laughs> tramp, just like a champ, <laughs> just like a tramp. Um, yeah. And he would go like frequent where all the other tramps would hang out, and he would like stay the night there and stay like sometimes like weeks or months, just living with homeless people. And then he would write like papers about it, and be like, "This is what the homeless people do." Um, and he tried to get them published, and everyone was like, "This is kind of weird, dude." <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah, <laughs> no one asked for this. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one wanted you to do this, and so um, he started trying to get uh, 
he, he wanted to be a writer is what he really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a writer. He wanted to do something political. He really hated the separation of the poor from the rest of society. And so he tried a lot to live with the poor so that way when he wrote about the poor, it was accurate and not like some outsider talking about it. Like it was someone who's experienced right, it. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. would constantly go on these journeys as a tramp and he, w- he would go to Paris. He would go to London, all these different places in different cities to see how the homeless people in those cities lived. And he would live among them for weeks, months to just kind of learn what their life was like. Um, and during this point in his life, he, he took on, um, what do you, what, what, what would you refer to this as a, uh, um, Man, I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with uh, a screen name, if you will. <laughs> he came up with an AIM during his travels. Yeah, I think I think screen name is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> okay. Are you hey, what was your screen name when you were in, uh, in high school? Um, I think it was Red Ranger. Nice. I love the Red Power Ranger. I'm pretty sure that's actually still my like anything that any of my video games like I go by Red Ranger in the video game. Nice. What was yours? Mm. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're going, how can Jaren get any cooler? <laughs> you're like, Jaren is the coolest person I've ever met. Like, how could this guy get any cooler? No, and in high school, my name for everything was. Subway King. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Well, it was Tiger Tech for a while. Tiger Tech. Tiger Tech. Yeah. What is that? Like you listen to Tiger, or you listen to Tech Nine, and you like cats? No, I listen to Tech Seven. He was the Christian version. <laughs> uh, seven's a holy number. Uh, Gosh. <laughs> he was on tour with Super Chick and. <laughs> No, it's uh, it was, I don't know what it, I don't. It had alliteration. You have yeah, whatever. I don't have a meaning behind it. Subway King, I did. My parents run subways. I know. I was gonna say that you you chose Subway King just because your parents own a couple subways. Yeah, I mean that was basically <laughs> the motivation. <laughs> I, was, I was Subway King, so that's my RuneScape name. If you still play RuneScape, hit me up because <laughs> every winter for some reason, every winter, every winter when I'm stuck inside, I think kind of want to play RuneScape right now. Gosh. I'm 23. <laughs> when we were in college, there was a moment in our life where Stop. <laughs> we're sitting in our psychology class <sighs> and Jaren sat who next to sitting- Yeah, who are we sitting next to? Jaren sat next to Reagan because he had a crush on Reagan. She's cute. Um, and so, but it was that point in the year where he got in- back into RuneScape. He's playing RuneScape. This is the first year I knew Jaren. We had known each other for a couple months at this point. Like we were barely friends. <laughs> oh. Oh, I have I Oh. I I guess we I guess when I tell our story it's different. Uh, cuz Cuz in my mind, our friendship went zero to stadium tours so fast. <laughs> But I guess in your mind, uh, we were barely friends. <laughs> yeah, we were on the bar but, circuit for a while. <laughs> yeah, I. Okay. Um, okay. It, it, anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue to tell. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not. It's. I mean. It, I'm. I'm. I mean. I'm. You about fine. to do that fake cry thing again? No. <laughs> 
this is a real one. <laughs> now, Jared, Wait, I'm curious now. When, in your mind, did we become best friends? Was it Taco Tour? That's that's probably good. I don't know. Because in my mind, that's kind of whenever we became best friends. Mm-hmm. I would say it's somewhere in there. Oh, uh, it was probably Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Thanksgiving was a big one. Um yeah, somewhere in some of those. I, I don't know. I, I I don't have a specific moment where I'm like, that was it. That's fine. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's whatever. I don't either. <laughs> For you, was it Taco Tour? Uh, Taco Tour was fun. Taco um, was good. It was one of those things where Taco Bell did uh, steal a base, steal a taco. So mm-hmm. someone in the World Series stole a base, you get a free taco. <laughs> and Tim and I, I looked at Tim one day in, in, a, in this psychology class that he's telling the story from, and I said, hey, uh, Taco Bell gives us free tacos, and there are... 10 Taco Bells in Springfield. <laughs> Do you think we can hit all of them? <laughs> he was like, yeah. <laughs> and so we got in my car and yeah. went to every, every Taco, Taco Bell and won twice. And we went to yeah. one twice, and that guy called us Pharisees. <laughs> yeah, he got us. I will never forget that. I was wearing an evangel hoodie. <laughs> and we went in and we're like, hey, we're here for a free taco. And this guy walks out from the back and goes, y'all, we're already here. Y'all, oh, you wearing an evangel hoodie? Oh, you wanted the oh, you you act like a couple Pharisees right now. Try to get another free taco. <laughs> and then Jaron Jaron played it really cool. He's like, nah, man, I'm just getting a refill. And like he had his cup and he went and refilled his cup. Dude, it was so smooth. I was like, no, man, I'm just getting a refill. Sorry. You haven't lived till you've been called a Pharisee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you really haven't experienced life until you've done a few pharmaceuticals, you know. <laughs> a couple of therapeuticals. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're sitting in class, and oh Reagan's sitting next to Jaren. Jaren has a crush on Reagan. I wouldn't and say crush. I had a. He had a crush. He had a crush she, on Reagan. She was, yeah, Jaren had a crush on Reagan. She doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> she, she does not care what anything we do. Yeah, she doesn't, which is why it was just a crush. Oh. stayed that way. <laughs> but. Jaren Jaren is playing RuneScape on his computer during it. class. Um, but because he had a crush on her, he tilted his computer so she couldn't see what he was doing, yeah. and so like blocked her view from it. Listen, She's sitting right next to him. Obviously, I mean, you just told the Taco Bells. Obviously, I'm smooth. I know what I'm doing. Okay, I'm not gonna <laughs> let her see that I am not paying attention in class. So, so I'm sitting on the other side of Jaren, where I can clearly see the screen, and I see that he's just playing RuneScape. And this. So I tweet at Reagan. <laughs> I literally tweet, I and I was like, "I was like, shout out, <laughs> shout out." <laughs> I was like, "Shout out to Jared Myers playing RuneScape in class and tilting his screen so Reagan can't see it." And I tagged and I put Reagan at Reagan, so she can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the funniest tweets I've ever made. Tweet? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We're about to go retweet that tweet the day this episode comes out. Gosh, yeah, that was that was funny. <laughs> oh no. That was a good day in psych class. <laughs> And then David, or and then David, David, David Spade was in that class, the <laughs> one from the movies. But Jaron <laughs> closed RuneScape, closed out of RuneScape, and then tilted his computer back and gave you this death glare. It was one of the best moments ever. One of the best moments in our friendship. 
Oh, we were friends then. Okay, good to know. <laughs> good to know where I stood. Um, but yeah, so at this point in Eric's life, whenever he would hang out with the tramps, he went by P.S. Burton, which I don't know what made him choose that what? one. Yeah. He would he would he would he he used that name whenever he was tramping, but he would <laughs> he'd introduce himself. He'd be like, "Hello, I'm P.S. Burton." Uh, I don't know how homeless people talked in 1927. Um, I assume it was something like that. Um, but yeah, and so he wrote a couple essays on it. wasn't really getting published. Finally, was able to get it in some like small like col- newspaper columns, uh, but really nothing um, noteworthy. Uh, and then he became a uh, <coughs> gym teacher at St. Felix Girls School, which is a, a necessary step in every prolific writer's career. If if you'll you'll notice that um, every significant writer, H.G. Wells. Um, T.S. Eliot, C.S. Lewis, they've all <laughs> taught gym at St. Philip's <laughs> <What>? Girls Schools. <laughs> it's a common thread. Yeah, it's 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 just it's it's part of the ladder. It's like the sixth run on the rider ladder. <laughs> <laughs> you still have your whistle and bitterness from that time you were a gym teacher. <laughs> yeah. Well, at one point, those those all. Four of those guys, C.S. Lewis, H.G. Wells, T.S. Eliot, and George Orwell, were they got coffee together and they just exchanged um, stories from St. Felix Girls School. <laughs> One time, this girl showed up in the wrong gym shorts. They were gym shorts from St. Mark's Girls School. Ugh. She had just transferred. Can you, know, you believe? And they were forest green. Okay, they were forest green. And so I just started thinking of this girl in the forest. Girl in the forest. That's how I wrote uh, Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I wrote Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I was like, you got to change. You got to change. I'm the lion. You're a witch right now. You gotta get change. back to the wardrobe. Yeah, get to a different wardrobe. I'm going to shove you in the wardrobe. And I was like, I'm going to stab you in the neck if you don't do that. <laughs> Rules were different. Real, you know, Gym mur- teachers could get away with a lot more. I mean, murder was fine in India. <laughs> you were in India. <laughs> they were in Indiana. How many times do I have to say Indiana? I'm so confused. <laughs> were they in India? <laughs> was this school in India? No, it was like it was in Paris. Sorry, <laughs> he went to India, not Indiana. I, I know feel like we've been kind of ambiguous at this. You've in- been, I haven't. <laughs> I've been confused. Fair, fair. So he he became um, a tutor as well. He was tutoring some kids and writing, um, and it was very interesting because he had this contrast in his life, where he would tutor some kids after well, he would go to school, he'd teach gym. At St. Felix Girls, Girls School, and then he was a private tutor for um, special needs kids, actually. Um, he would tutor the kids, and then he would go out to East End and dress up like a homeless person and call himself P.S. <laughs> Burton and hang out with homeless people. <laughs> he, he was a very... Hey, like, guys, I'm uh, P.S. Burton. <laughs> 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 you can call me Crazy Peas. <laughs> crazy Peas. If any of the parents from the girls' school saw him oh. at that event, they probably wouldn't mention it because they were doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that awkward like eye contact, and you meet, you see somebody where you're not supposed to be, and they're also. Oh, it's like whenever it's like whenever a youth pastor was praying, and you open your eyes and look around, and there's another kid with their eyes open, and you make eye contact, and you're like, neither of us can say anything because uh, our eyes are supposed to be closed right now. <laughs> it's that situation. 
yeah, yeah. That's exactly that's exactly what was going on. So um, he did that for a while. Had written mm-hmm. a couple of different like um, references on what was going on with this, uh, um, what was going on with um, uh, the the homeless interactions and stuff like that. Um, and uh, then he, let me see, he went out to West London, got another job teaching at another high school. This one was a school for boys. Um, and I think he was teaching actually literature at this one, um, wrote a couple different, um, essays and like short novels here. Um, and then (laughs) this is one of my favorite points in his career. He decided he wanted to write a book called clink, which the book, the concept of the book was about his time in prison catch. He's never been to prison. (laughs) (laughs) So he tries to go to prison. Okay, so Eric's <laughs> never been to prison. Has P.S. ever been to prison? <laughs> Neither of them have been to prison. Um, and so so he tries really hard to get put in, pr- get locked up. Doesn't happen. <laughs> and eventually, eventually, um, he pulls off. Eventually, he gets um, really drunk one night and gets arrested and spends the night in jail. Um, and so he pulls off uh, uh, going to jail, um, <laughs> and then um, then he writes he writes Clink, but Clink never gets published. Now here's the interesting thing: Clink is one of the most important things he's ever written because a lot of uh, like scholars argue that all of his writings about his interactions with homeless people are unreliable, and they claim that because it, Clink, no, oh. Um, they argue they they're like these seem unreliable. It doesn't seem like authentic interactions. I think he's made it all up. Um, so they were like the scars that they were were arguing against it. Clint came out um, and he wrote about his interactions with the other people who were in jail that night with him. And then they were able to corroborate the stories from that by looking at the reports of who was in jail. And every single person he talked about in that story was a person who was in jail the night he was in jail and he described whatever they were convicted of and it was the same thing that they were actually convicted of oh, wow. in the police report and so it was like it co- corroborated him and gave him a lot of credibility because it's like oh wow everything he talked about seems like it could be reliable so this, this guy reliable. has street cred now yeah yeah now he's been to jail <laughs> he's a tramp um he went he from Burton. drake to <laughs> <laughs> yeah to yeah. the olsen twins exactly um and so uh it, there there was a moment on one of these expeditions where he was tramping um that's not my word <laughs> by the way it's i found that word from the studies they referred to it as his tramping um, <laughs> so he was out tramping and he he got really wet honey, honey can we go on a date this weekend i have to tramp <laughs> <laughs> i'm going tramping um and did, so you, mean, did you mean camping <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Kind of. It's behind Walmart. <laughs> uh. Um, so yeah, so he he uh he gets pneumonia because he gets really wet on this trip and just stays wet because he's a tramp. Um, and then he gets pneumonia. Um, and so he goes to the hospital, spits some time in the hospital, and then when he was in the hospital, he's like, I don't like teaching. And so then he never taught <laughs> again. He yeah, never- one of those like. Yeah. Wow, life's really fragile. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he so he decides, I am never going to teach again. So then he gets like, he gets like the side job working at a bookshop. How old was he at this point? Um, let me see. That would have been in 
about 1933. He was born in oh, 1903, so he's about 30. Um, so he decides he's never going to teach again. Um, Is he still alive? No. Person. I'm the worst person. You just told everyone about Maroonscape, and also if Reagan listens to this, she knows. So <laughs> she knew that day because I tweeted at her. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I don't know. We weren't really friends then. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Um. So then uh, he gets a, he gets a job at like a bookstore. Um, does that for a while, and then um, uh, uh. While he's doing that, it's like a side gig. He starts writing a lot more. He starts writing for some bigger um, publications. Nothing super noteworthy, but he's actually getting published more. Publishes a couple smaller books that he's preparing on. Um, and uh, and then the Spanish Civil War erupts. Um, and for some reason, despite not being Spanish, George Orwell he thought he should be in it. <clears throat> Obviously. <laughs> he was like... It, <laughs> He hated fascism. He always hated fascism. He was very vocal about how he hated fascism. Yeah. And so he shows up in Spain and shows up in the rebel like camp and he's like, I'm here to fight fascism. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, All right, PS Burton. <coughs> Welcome to the fight. Yeah. Yeah. And so at this point he's actually called Orwell. I missed that. Um he 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 uh produced a book called Burmese Days. Okay. Which is about a time he spent in like some labor like upper ends of um or wagon pier sorry burmese days was when he was in burma wagon pier is when he was in the upper ends of england where a lot of the like workers camps are and they're treated very poorly mm. and so it's kind of about all that experience which actually landed him surveillance from the government because they thought it was uh, making them look bad and so they started watching him um and so which is interesting fascists yeah fascists so when the spanish civil war starts he shows up in the rebel camp and he's like i'm here to fight the fascists and he was quickly promoted to corporal because of his police experience um but (laughs) i love (laughs) well i this is so (laughs) george orwell (laughs) Was much taller than all the rest of the Spaniards. <laughs> oh my um, gosh! And they constantly told them in the trenches. They were like, "You shouldn't stand up. Uh, it's probably going to be bad for you if you stand up because you tower over everybody else." And he would tell them, "No, um, I'm fighting fascism." And so he would stay standing. One day, he got shot in the throat by a sniper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but incredibly enough he had a blue tattoo on his knuckle so he was fine, so fine. <laughs> <laughs> which i drew this connection when i said that earlier it blows my mind because what happened is he it got narrow- shot in the throat he got shot in the throat narrowly misses his artery scratches his vocal cord but he can still talk but his, vo- his voice is weak from that p- moment forward the bullet like it was such a clean shot that it immediately cauterized the in- the entrance wound and the exit wound immediately cauterized no way. so he was coughing up blood but they carried him out on a stretcher and he made a full recovery Got shot in the throat by a sniper and lived. <sighs> so after that moment, the doctors deemed him medically unfit for combat. Um, you know, because he was shot in the neck. Well, hey, I mean, I'm, I'm listening, but I'm booking a tattoo appointment right now. Hold <laughs> <on>. <laughs> While he's resting, he writes he writes some more books, some more um, short uh, uh, like discussions on on different um, like political things. He was very political, mm-hmm. very much an activist. 
Um, an activist. <laughs> an activist. Yeah, he he took an axe <laughs> <clears throat> and was like, "I'm gonna solve fascism." Yeah, he cut down a lot of trees. He thought that would solve fascism, mm-hmm. but it just started global warming. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's in it for the long game. You know, <laughs> if I can't end fascism, I'll literally end the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what his plan was. Um, so then, so he, he He's recovers. Like, I'm fine. I have tattoos on my knuckles. I'm yeah. going to live through yep. the apocalypse. Yep. Exactly. So he, so after he recovers, um, he goes, um, to Warlington, a place in, uh, in Europe and he gets a, a couple goats, a rooster names the rooster Henry Ford. Obviously. He gets a poodle and names it Marx and settles down and starts learning animal husbandry. Um, so by every count, so far looking at his life, um, George Orwell was a crazy person. Um, <laughs> there was not a single thing he ever did that There's was not sane. One thing that you're like, this makes sense. This makes sense, um, and and it makes sense why he could see the future because <laughs> <laughs> because after after um, he got shot in the neck, hit part of his treatment being that it was like 1930s. Was electrotherapy, so they yep. just electrocuted him. Oh a bunch. yeah, this guy was and messed so up. Now he's a superhero, um, <laughs> and he can see the future. So the Second World War starts. If, if you're if if you're listening to this whole episode and you're like, man, I just they keep going down trails. I'm I'm kind of lost in this world. Just watch his X Men Origins movie. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll understand. Yeah. Um. So he writes. He writes uh, during the Second World War. He writes Animal Farm. Um, which is one of his, probably his most famous book. Well, I would 1984 say is most probably famous more. One. Yeah. Um, but Animal Farm's right there. Um, Animal Farm. It's an interesting book. If you've never read it, basically, it's this farm where the animals overthrow the farmer and start their own government, and they name it the like their civilization Animal Farm, and they create all these different laws, basically that all the farmer are all the animals are equal. Um, and it was it uh, a little communist. Mm-hmm. Um, like Animal Village. It's, it's the book that Chicken Run <coughs> is based off of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but as time goes on, some of the animals um, start wanting more power and more influence. They start tweaking the laws, giving uh, themselves yeah. more power. And then the farmer shows back up and things get uh, a little crazy. So read the book to find out how it ends. Um, or read Revelation. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same story. <laughs> it's the same story. The farmer is at the door. Um, is that it? Yeah. That was, <laughs> that that, was, I mean, that was enough for the reference. I thought you were going to keep talking. <laughs> is that all you... Okay. Um, you, so he starts working on Animal Farm. He makes friends. He actually makes friends uh, with T.S. Eliot, Dylan Thomas, Ian Foster, um, Ahmed Ali, not to be mistaken with Muhammad Ali. <laughs> 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 um, different guy. Uh, his brother. Not yeah. as cool. Uh, tried to make friends with H.G. Wells, um, but that didn't go well because um, <laughs> literally um, uh, Orwell made fun of H.G. Wells in a previous like uh, uh, like column that he wrote in a newspaper, and H.G. Mm. Wells heard about it. So they got dinner, and H.G. Wells just kind of grilled him the whole time. Um, so they didn't really become friends. Um, but, uh, he was starting to get more influence. He started writing for the weekly tribune, um, and BBC. He started having like a lot of things that he was doing for BBC. He started a pro a broadcast through BBC 
that was broadcast to India, but he canceled it himself after a, a couple years of it because he was convinced no one in India cared about it. Um, and so he was getting a lot more influence. And hundreds of thousands of people in <clears> India <throat> rioted because they did care. Because they, yeah. Um, Much like this podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> we have a big following in India. <laughs> we have a huge Indian following. Indiana following. Indiana following. Um, so the British part. Yeah. So he he was trying. He he finished Animal Farm. Was trying to get it published, but no one would publish it because they thought it was about the Soviets. Oh. Um, and they That's and dangerous. Yeah. So nobody was pu- publishing it, which which wasn't uh, un unheard of. Like it was happening to a lot of artists or authors at that time. Um, art. I almost said artists. A lot of explorers at that time couldn't get their works published. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but rock stars. <coughs> Yeah, so finally, after like the fifth or sixth publisher, he was able to get it published. Um, and then his wife, he, he got married a long time ago. I haven't talked about her at all. Um, Dude, get your crap together here. She doesn't really do much that's interesting. <laughs> What's her um, last name? I need to know which of the names she took. Eileen. Um, <laughs> that. <laughs> that's her first name. <laughs> it was also the last name she had because she, she never changed her name like George did a whole so lot. So she's Eileen, but what's her last name? You dingus. I don't know what you... Eileen was the last name she went by. No! Blair. Her last name is Blair. <laughs> Eileen Blair. Did he ever legally change his name? No. <laughs> no, he just went... These are his writer names. Yeah, yeah. So they're just pen names. They're his screen names. Um. So Subway King. Subway King. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Eileen um, goes in for a hysterectomy, but she decides, for some reason, she's like, I'm not going to tell... Um, George to like right before it happens. I don't know why, but so she doesn't tell him till like the day of, and he's like out of town. So he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, and, but she's like, it's gonna be fine. Like I'm gonna recover real quick. Well, she dies in the surgery. Oh and so, no! So George like rushes back, and then, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's where that ended, um, that relationship <laughs> because <laughs> she came to an end. <laughs> Uh, yeah. They broke up because <laughs> they broke she, up died. she died. <laughs> um, <laughs> gosh. Um, so so then uh, George got really immersed in his work after that. Um, he wrote just a ton. How long were they married? Um, let me see. What's their love story? They don't. Well, actually, were they together for a while, and then like she was like, "Well, we we weren't really that close for the first few months." <laughs> they were married for about nine years. And he years. was like, I mean, we're together from the beginning. And she was like, I mean, whatever. They were married for about nine years. Hmm. Yeah. But it, interesting, there wasn't a lot of interesting things from the relationship, really. But an interesting thing from a girl that he met when he was a little kid, um, <laughs> he met her <laughs> because he was in the middle of a field standing on his head. Obviously. <laughs> and she walks up to him and was like, why are you standing on your head? And he said, because... Um, like nobody cares about people who stand on their feet. <laughs> he was Eric, a you crazy weird. Person. Eric reminds me of that but, kid from that church camp who asked for that at the time and then wrote it down on a random page <laughs> and didn't mention it again. Uh, Eric, but here's the thing: Eric was right. That girl probably wouldn't have talked to him if he was just standing in the middle of the field. If he was just standing in the middle of the field, she probably would have been like, "That's a little he was creepy. A deep I'm gonna kid. leave." Yeah, but he was standing on his head. And so she was like, why is that kid standing his head? She walked over and was like, why are you standing on your head? And they became best friends. Um, so he knew the way of a woman's heart. Standing on you your know, head. You know, I needed him in that psychology class. <laughs> if I had known, 
Had I known, I would have just stood on my head and Reagan would have been like, why is this? Why are you standing on your head? Jen, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, Reagan, uh, <coughs> RuneScape's more fun if it's upside down. <laughs> have you met my friend, Tim? I would say best friend, but he's not there yet. He's not there yet. Uh, so after Animal Farm, uh, Orwell it becomes like famous. Everybody wants to publish him. Everyone wants to be involved with him. He's Who finally published Animal Farm? Animal Farm was finally published by... Let me see. Uh, Secker and Warburg. Secker and Warburg. Yeah. Um, so he finally publishes that. So Tom Selleck and Mark Wahlberg got together. <laughs> <laughs> like, we believe in this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which was... It was actually... It's coincidental because it was a precursor that meeting when Tom Selleck and Mark Wahlberg got together and agreed to publish Animal Farm. George Orwell, Tom Selleck, and Wahlberg became best friends for the first time ever. That was when they met for the first time. And so they became really good friends. And that is what started Marky Mark and Boys, <laughs> the prolific rap group from the early 90s. Funky bunch. <laughs> and they were that until uh, Orwell uh, broke up with them. <laughs> yeah, because they died. Because he died. Like <laughs> <laughs> guys, I think this is over. They're like, you don't have to say that. This like, is I'm so dying. ridiculous. We've got to get to this material with this episode so long. <laughs> so, so a little bit of this, a little bit of that. He writes in 1984, um, and 1984 is the one you've probably heard of. That's the one where we get a lot of important things, like Big Brother, the TV show from. Um, and <laughs> That's where Steve Jobs made his career off of. Yeah. Was this book? <laughs> it was the book? He's like, oh, um, I bet we can do that. Security cameras; those came from 1984. That was his his idea. Um, microphones came from 1984. Microwaves. Microwaves. Um, he invented actually books. Was <laughs> like a subject in 1984 that had previously not existed. Um, it was really that book. Oh. The book 1984 really revolutionized the world. Um, but no, it was an interesting, like, just exploration of where he thought that the government was going, where they just monitored everything everybody did, probably because he was being monitored by the government. Yeah. Um, but they monitored everything everybody did. There was, um... Well, I mean, I don't think they've monitored anything, like, in the book they do. I think the reason he's being monitored is that as an adult, he's standing on his head, figuratively. 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 Standing on his head out there. And, and trying to teach at a girl's school. Yeah, and just being weird. <laughs> Yeah. So obviously the government's gonna. F- I hope the government follows. <laughs> yeah, those they're like around. that guy is crazy. We got to make sure he's not gonna do anything crazy. Um, so he writes a book about the government following people, um, which uh, is interesting. And, and and maybe there's something to that. And I am a very poor man who needs some donations. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, So. uh, That's the side effect of Tim's (laughs) stones. Get well quick. You might turn into an old, scary-sounding man. And then continue. Um, so, so, I, but, but it's interesting. You, if you subscribe to Orwell's thought, mm-hmm. where there's the thought police and their government's constantly watching you and they're dictating your thoughts and making sure you're always positive towards the government, then a person like Orwell, if Orwell's world, if we're li- living in an Orwellian world, mm-hmm. would be a crazy person 
like George Orwell. So if the world George Orwell was lived in was actually Orwellian, him being a crazy person would mean he was really the same person in that uh, society. Interesting. Which is interesting because because in his society the government kind of controls and everything. And if you see it, then the public thinks you're a crazy person because you mm-hmm. see what's actually going on. Um, and that that's interesting because in his world, everybody discredits the people who know what's really going on and think they're just a crazy person. Right. Uh, is this whole thing to kind of bring out the bitterness that you have that no one believes your conspiracy theories? No. Okay. Yeah, that face was convincing. Most people believe my conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can call us crazy, but we. Here's really the thing: I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to just. I want to okay, nail that one on the sorry, head. Sorry, we get it. Yeah, sorry, government listening to this podcast. Tim I'm, is not no. a conspiracy theorist. I just believe in truth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so um, he he writes nineteen eighty four and then writes a handful of other little novels, novellas, if you will, <laughs> um, a handful of other little novels, a bunch of book reviews, a bunch of like political treaties. Yeah, he was a Yelp elite member. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, and then in um, let's see, in um. When he was 46, an artery bursts in his lungs and he dies. What? <laughs> so, that was so abrupt. Yep. Yep. That's uh, That was the end of Orwell. An artery burst in his lungs. Yeah. Government got him, dude. Yeah. Exactly. The thought police got him. They shot him in the neck again because the last time it didn't work. Mm-mm. That's not what happened. He had the little things on his knuckles that mm-hmm. couldn't get him. Yeah. they Because they were going through and they were like, okay, we tried to shoot him. Like, what's next? Snake bites? No, he's protected. <laughs> he's protected from snake bites. <laughs> you fool! Get this man out of my office! You crazy ideas! What if we can burst one of his arteries? That would do it. How do you plan on doing that? Do the tattoos protect him from that? I don't think so. We got him. It took us 46 years, but we got him. It took us 46 years, but we got George. It's crazy. He's like Jason Bourne. Oh, gosh. oh, we got him. We got him! We got him! We got him! Move in! He's gone. <laughs> with a note that just says I'm gone <laughs> love George Orwell P.S. <laughs> Burton <laughs> I said Orwell weird because I was so excited to get that joke out I went George Orwell Yes. Burton. That's too good. That is too good. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, that was pretty dang good. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's all I got. Wow. Yeah. An artery bursts. Eileen, who we barely mentioned. She's been dead for a while. She was gone. Yeah, she's been dead for a little while. She's gone. He wrote stories under three different names. Did he ever write a story under Eric? No. No, he Uh, never wrote anything under Eric. It was P.S. Burton on George Orwell. He was arrested as Eric Blair. Um, And his his gravestone, headstone, says Eric Blair. Um, And doesn't mention anything about his career as an author. So, Really? I wonder why. Probably because he died suddenly and didn't get to say, hey, put this on my gravestone. 
<laughs> they were like, like here's here lies Eric Blair, and like, did but he I mean, do his books, like, his know. books became popular while he was still alive, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was, he was still. Yeah, he was one of those those lucky ones. The lucky few. The lucky few. Let me ask you a question. Oh, great. <laughs> In when when you played RuneScape, <laughs> what is your typical like? What do you what do you usually like? How how do you play that? What is your focus on? What it? do you focus on? Like archery? Okay. Well, like flet- I was a craftsman. A craftsman. Yeah. So I would like make stuff. That's how I made money. Mm-hmm. Was I was like so I had ninety nine fletching which is 99 is the highest you can have in the skill. It takes a long time to get there. You get yeah. a skill cape. Yeah. I don't like how excited I sound talking about this. All right. I don't need your judgment. Um, what are you looking up right now? Nothing. I literally saw you type the word fletching. I didn't type the word <laughs> fletching. What are you typing right now? I typed. I didn't write the word fletching. Okay. <laughs> This transcript of this? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I always, I always transcribe everything that we, we do. Can we please hire a person to sit in that chair over there? It's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting that you were a craftsman because I was actually uh, a squire in the game, and I was always fiddling off. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. We should. Move on.